My name is Andrea Tapia and this is the first podcast produced by Ganas in collaboration with the Bennington College Radio Project on the experiences of Latina migrant workers near the college in Bennington, Vermont. Ganas is a student organization building a community of Bennington students, Latina migrant workers, and local service providers, such as the Bennington Free Clinic, the Vermont Migrant Education Program, and the Vermont Workers Center, with the goal of promoting cross-cultural understanding and support of migrant workers. According to a report submitted by the Green Mountain Care Board to the Vermont Legislature in 2013, there are approximately 3,000 undocumented migrant workers contributing to Vermont's economy, most of whom are from Latin America. This podcast features some of their stories, sharing some of the challenges this ethnically diverse migrant community faces while living and working in Bennington and the surrounding areas. Ecuadorian cumbia songs play on the TV as Ana and Luis ask us to sit down and feel comfortable. They are a couple from Ecuador who have been living in Vermont for over six years. Luis works in landscaping for most of the year and does no removal during the winter season. My friend Carlos and I have been invited over for dinner at their house. Next to the TV is a large frame photograph of the monumental house that the couple is building in Ecuador, with the remittances they send there periodically. Once we have all sat down, we start talking about what life was before coming to Vermont and how it is now. Before coming here, Ana and Luis had jobs in their hometown. She was working as a teacher and him as a bus driver. However, they were looking for better economic opportunities for them and for their son, Juan, so they decided to come to the United States. I initially went to Massachusetts, since I had a family working there who came before me, but then I lost my job. I was able to find one here in Vermont, and I liked it here, so I stayed. While Luis finishes telling us why he came here, Ana entertains their little son, Mateo, who was born here and is, thus, the only U.S. citizen in the family. She then goes on to explain the challenges they have faced as migrant workers living in Vermont. When we first got here, we were scared to go out to the street since everyone kept telling us that Vermont is not safe for migrants. We also had difficulties finding transportation to go grocery shopping and for visiting the doctor. But now that people know us, it is really nice to be here. Luis's and Anna's oldest son, Juan, comes back from his soccer practice with his friend from the neighborhood right before dinner is served. Him and his friends sit down and Ana brings the cuy to the table, a guinea pig served as a traditional dish in Ecuador. When asked about whether he sees himself being part of the community here, Luis's response is, Yes, I feel like I belong to this community. I share many things with people here. We're invited to all the community events at the town hall, like Halloween, 4th of July, Easter breakfast, not only does this Ecuadorian family celebrate American traditions with their neighbors, but they also practice Ecuadorian cultural traditions with their American friends. I have practiced my traditions with friends here, such as the Day of the Dead that we celebrate in Ecuador. Yes, we practice them sometimes with our friends. For example, a few months ago we played Carnival with one of my friends. Carnival festivities in Ecuador are celebrated the week before Lent in February or beginning of March. Resulting from the intersection of indigenous and Catholic traditions, they consist of playing with water, wearing masks, and dancing. As we finish eating, I ask Ana and Luis what future they envision for themselves and where they see themselves living within the next few years. We're not quite sure what will happen next. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to return to Ecuador soon. We're still uncertain about that. Luis and Ana would like to offer the best educational opportunities to both of their kids. They say they think that they would like to wait until their oldest son finishes high school and decides where he wants to go next. 
Examples like that of Luis and Ana show the extent to which transnationalism can exist within the lives of some migrant workers, as Latinas remain connected with and socially active in both the country of origin as well as in the host country. Now, we turn to a different scenario, that of Christian, a dairy farm worker born in Mexico who has been living in the U.S. for almost eight years, and his cousin, Monica, who has worked towards being economically independent and has been here for over 16 years. It is Free Dental Care Day at Bennington, and Christian and his cousin Monica have come to town today from the farms where they live in, which are about 15 miles away. They have come to get seen by the one volunteer dentist on site. Accessing healthcare is difficult for many migrant workers, especially because of their lack of health insurance. While I help them translate some of the forms that patients need to fill out before seeing the doctor, we talk about their motivations to come to Vermont and their life experiences once they were here. I was motivated to come here from Mexico because my ex-boyfriend, who was already working in the United States, told me that there were good job opportunities for me here. I also came to help my mom, who stayed in Mexico. I have always supported her since I was little. When asking Christian the same questions, he responds by saying, I came here to improve myself and to help my brothers and my mother. Like Monica, Ana, and Luis, Christian's motivations to come also had to do with family and kinship. His connection to the United States was also first established through family ties, which encouraged him to come and work for a better salary than the one he had in Mexico. Similarly, he was determined by the responsibility he felt towards supporting his family financially. Similarly to other migrant workers from Latin America, encountering a different culture and experiencing the lack of services and isolation, particularly for dairy farm workers, can prove to be challenging. Take the example of Monica, who has now been living in the U.S. for over 16 years, works independently, and initially started working on a dairy farm. There is no transportation service. If you don't have a car, you can't do anything. If you don't have health insurance, you can't see a doctor. In the beginning, when Monica started working in the rancho, or dairy farm. The lack of autonomy and ability to move around was one of the main causes of the isolation that she and many others experience here. In addition to her work at the farm, she currently sells herbal life products and has found a way to make her business grow despite all the challenges. In the case of Christian, language is another limitation that keeps him from being able to interact with others, increasing his feeling of isolation. When asked about what has been the hardest thing living in this area, he shrinks in his chair and takes a second before responding with some shyness. For me, the hardest thing has been not knowing how to speak English. Transportation has also been hard to access. Despite these conditions, both Christian and Monica are proud of their job and say they enjoy everything that it entails. However, unlike Luis and Ana, neither of them feels as if they are part of any community. I don't feel like I belong to a community because the language is so different and the traditions are so different. It seems like for people living under similar conditions as Monica and Christian, isolation, distance from family, language, and different cultural traditions are the main obstacles in the process of finding a sense of place and belonging. As their turn to see the doctor approaches, and while Monica's kids are playing with other student interpreters in the waiting room, I ask both Monica and Christian about whether they feel like they are able to practice their cultural traditions here in Vermont. This is what they respond. From my point of view, practicing cultural traditions here is impossible, due to the fact that I do not have family around. The place where I am is very different. The traditions are different, and most importantly, the language. Some of the traditions that Monica and Christian practice in Mexico are Holy Week, or Semana Santa, Christmas, and the Day of the Dead. Christian's response to my previous question is similar uh, to Monica's. No, no, no okay. it's not possible because one is always alone on the farm and is not able to interact with other people outside. He also added that part of the reason why he doesn't celebrate these traditions in Vermont is because in Mexico, these are opportunities to be surrounded by family and friends. 
which makes the celebration more fun. In the U.S., that is different, since even if one has family nearby, it is still hard to make time to visit others and also to access transportation. Farms are not at walking distance from each other, but miles away, and sometimes family members work on farms located in different states. I asked Christian and Monica what ambitions they have for their future and where they see themselves living, and in both of their responses, there is a sense of determination and hopefulness that they will be returning to Mexico and living there in their own houses with their families. Well, I see myself working on what I'm working right now, which is a job I like, and I see a future in my business. As far as where I see myself living, I want to return to Mexico, to my own house, and live there with my kids. I also see myself living in Mexico with my family and working in something I like. By listening to the stories of these four migrant workers, one can see how the working conditions of dairy farming seem to increase the feelings of isolation and to limit social interactions and recreations more than the working conditions of landscaping. Having split shift work days, only one day off every week, and 60 to 80 hours of work a week can surely impact one's ability to become part of a community outside the farm. Transnationality is not something all of our interviewers experience. However, there are some who have found ways to strengthen the relationship with their country of origin and the country where they now live. But all interviewees have experienced some level of isolation and difficulty finding transportation, which can account for the limited access that migrant worker families have to basic services. Therefore, the work of Ganas has focused on facilitating those services and building a community of support where more of these stories can be told by migrant workers themselves. Please share this podcast with your friends so these stories can be known locally in our campus as well as outside of Bennington and follow Bennington College's SoundCloud to keep up to date with what faculty and students are creating. I would like to give special thanks to Felipe Tinoco and Roy Karlinski for the music, to Catherine Parker and the Radio Project for editing and helping me produce the podcast, and last but not least to our voice actors Alex Diaz, Maria Aguilar, Vera Andrade, and Jackson Sutton. Bennington students who generously volunteer to embody Latino migrant workers and make their stories accessible to a wider English-speaking audience. To know more about GANAS, please find us on Facebook, GANAS Latino Community Outreach.